This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you the real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Jason Cass, and I just want to let you know that I today, of part two of starting an agency, building an agency today, um, this is part two of that. So if you want to go back to the one, I believe it was let out on September 18th, I asked my team when this was going to roll out, which I believe is a Friday. And so then it would be rolling out on the 22nd, which would be a Tuesday since all of agency intelligence or agents influence. When you hear Cass in your ear, you know it's a Tuesday or Friday. Well, for most of you, for about four, 450 of you guys, you guys listen to it usually in the first 12 to 18 hours. So, so you guys, you guys are, you guys are there, right? So if you remember the first one um, that he did, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to part two or part one. And the reason I do is because I've kind of broke this down into a couple different areas. Okay, so um, I want people to know what Jason would do. I try to steer to the new agent. I try to steer to the established agent. We talked about discovering who we are. Um, so I really wanted that was a really, really important one. And that lasted long than it, longer than it should. Now, what I did is I went back and I listened to it. And I did because today's 916. Um, and I recorded that one, I can't remember, last week sometime, probably around 9.10, 9.9. So I went back to kind of spare my brain. And as I was listening to it this morning, I was thinking to myself that really I gave a lot of good information. I, got, I, I also gave a lot of information. I had never, things I had never talked about before. And so I'm excited about that. I always love when I can bring you guys new stuff. And so that's what I did. Now, what we're going to talk about today, well, let me put it to you this way. The rest of the podcast that I have set up per my original notes was getting markets, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, prospecting, servicing, and the technology of it. Right. So I don't know how long I'm going to go. I, I pictured this only being one or two podcasts. Hopefully it is. But we do have a lot of discuss, and especially when it talks about getting markets. I do want to get any of your guys' feedback that's out there. Jason at agency-intelligence.com. Jason at agency-intelligence.com. And always remember AI Mastermind. Here's something I want to do for you. CassCalendar.com cascalendar.com. Go check it out. That is my calendar. Um, that is my AI calendar, which is in sync with my insurance alliance calendar, uh, which does take priority over everything. But if you can look, you can see that I've set up a bunch of times, 20 minute conversations that we can have. If you're a new mastermind member, if you just want to talk, if you want to set up a podcast, uh, don't set up the podcast. I want you to take 20 minutes and hit me up and speak to something in this podcast that really maybe I didn't explain 
explain well, or maybe I explained it really well. You want to know more or you want to tell me how it changed your agency or your thought process. Because keep in mind, it's like so many other things. If you're thinking about it, very good chances other people are thinking about it. We're just waiting for the first person to say something. Be that person. CastCalendar.com. CastCalendar.com. Go on there and pick a 20-minute time and uh, can't wait to talk to you. Really can't. Really can't. I talk to probably four, five, six, seven, ten agents a week. It really all depends. Guaranteed at least one or two. So let's talk about getting markets, okay? So what I want to do here is I want to set this up. I, I am not here to say something that you have chosen is wrong. I am not here to say that this aggregator, this cluster, this group, this franchise, whoever you are out there, if you're listening and you're one of those, I'm not here to beat you up. If you're an agent listening to this, I'm not here to beat them up. What I'm here to do is to tell you about my last 10 years of having experience with those, how you could do it differently, how I would do it differently today, and maybe some other options of why maybe you've gotten into this or you're thinking about getting one of these groups, things that you should be thinking about, things that you did that I didn't know in 2010, right? So if you guys remember when we left off and I was discovering who I was, I left my agency at the end of 2009, started 1-1 of 2010 on a non-compete, okay, non-compete out of the basement of my home, 2,500 square foot home on a golf course, two, a two car payments, a house payment, a six-year-old, a one month, no, 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 in 2010, excuse me, I had a five-year-old and an 11-year-old. And this is where I'd come from and this is what I had decided. And keep in mind the conversation I had with my spouse is something very familiar you've probably had with yours, which is I started my own working with Mike Beard I built up a book of business in three years. I walked away from that, started scratch again when I started with the insurance partnership, built that book of business, and then I started scratch again. So you go tell me how many agents and how many other business owners you're taking advice from that have started three books from scratch. Here 10 years later with an agency that is nearing a million dollars in revenue. And really, to be honest with you, we didn't even really figure out what we were doing until 2014, 2015. That's when Travis joined me. And then when we transformed the agency in 2017 and 2018 and to where we are now. So not only have I went through three agents, two agencies in mine, not only have I started three books from scratch, I now have owned my agency for enough time to discover these things I'm telling you. These are things that I wish I knew back then. These are things I know now that I want to tell you so you don't have to worry about what you knew then versus what you know now. I want you just to know it now. I want to cut the learning curve. I want to tell you about the mistakes I made and some of the successes I made and really most importantly about the other stories of agents that I've heard out there. You guys know that I talk to a lot of agents. You guys know that I talk to a lot of CEOs, a lot of companies, a lot of company reps. And it's what I do. I'm, I'm just a geek with it. And I want to pass that along to you.
I want you to know that when it comes to getting markets, it's usually the first thing we think about. We may have been a captive or we may have been an agent working for an insurance agency. Excuse me, it's not captive, it's, it's exclusive. Uh, Caitlin Agar and Justin Agar of Quantum Insurance, which is a company that we may be talking about here. Um, they, they always remind me of that. But one of the things that um, we need to look at is we always go right after of what carriers am I going to get? What companies am I going to get? And I think that's vital. I think it's important to realize what carriers we're going to need, right? We have to have carriers in order to write business. Duh. So I can see why that becomes the number one thing we think about. But you have to keep in mind, I didn't talk about getting markets and then discovering who you were. We talked about discovering who you were and then getting markets. See, that makes it different. Why you are not in business yet, but you are talking with aggregators or groups about this it is is not right. It's not correct. And you know who it benefits? The aggregators, the groups out there, because they know that you don't know anything. So they're taking advantage of your ignorance. You never want to start a partnership that way. They're also taking advantage of the fact that you're in a position that you're unhappy and you need these markets to get where you need to get. And that's true. But you don't need them to get those markets. So I'm going to create a scenario for you that is a very basic vanilla scenario. I'm only doing this to get you thinking, okay, about how you're going to get markets. One of the things I would have never done is I never would have went to an aggregator. The aggregator I went to was broke up into many different regions. The, regions I, the region I had was an exception, the region I had, opposed to the other regions that I've heard many horror stories from, my region that I dealt with was a bunch of legitimate, good, honest, wholesome people. They really, truly were. There's no other way about it. I almost feel like I could just say their name, but I, I'm going to try and leave names out of all of this, okay? But they really were. They treated me well. They helped me out. They nurtured me. I really, I really didn't really know what I was doing, okay? I had just been a full-time commercial producer, you know, getting out there, hunting it, killing it, dragging it in and serving it up. That's what I was doing. That's what I was trained to do. Today, I would call that a CBK, cold-blooded killer. And so what I decided to do was when I went out on my own, they really helped me. But here's the difference. And this has nothing to do with them. It had to do with the fact that I started to figure out who I was after three to four years. And I started realizing that some of the companies that I had brought with me for my old agency, um, I didn't need them anymore because I wasn't, I wasn't serving the customer of the insurance partnership. I was now serving the customer of the insurance alliance. At the time, it was JDC Insurance Group. It was JDC Insurance Group until 2015 when Travis joined me and we rebranded to the insurance alliance. So I, I, I started to realize who I was, who this agency was made up of. I even went from AMS 360 and ditched it and went to QQ Catalyst in 2013 because I realized I didn't need that. I started shredding companies to where literally, I don't know, I'm making this up, but I know that probably half of my companies I had gotten rid of and replaced them with a couple. And what I realized is that I really wasn't writing a lot of business through that aggregator. The business and the, the relationships and the partnerships that they had created, I really wasn't using them. We, we were using and going a different route. So you see how I say there that that has nothing to do with the aggregator? We don't need to beat them up or elevate them. They just are who they are. 
One of the things I will say about a lot of these companies that try to assist you, though, is they're trying to get you in your weakest moment. They're getting you where you think that you're getting a best opportunity. They get you by telling you that, hey, even though you may have a bad loss ratio, or maybe you may even not have qualified for contingencies, you're still going to get your contingencies. For any of you new, that's bonuses. Just think of that, but we're not allowed to, we should not use that word. So contingencies. It's contingent upon you being profitable. It's contingent upon you writing written premium. It's contingent upon you increasing your policy and force count. Okay, so those those are why we call it the contingency there. And they'll usually split that out with you, some percentage. Okay, they're all over the board. We don't need to mention any. And, and so what that really does, if you really think about it, is one of the incentives is to grow. And when you grow, you write profit. And when the company profits, you should get a piece of that. If you're not willing to grow and you're willing to grow and have a high loss ratio, you're really not helping the book any and you're definitely not helping you any. OK, so that that's something to think about. What could we do to go get um, markets? There's there's a couple things we could do. Here's what Jason would do. I would go to a broker. I would go to an MGA and I would look and see, do they have direct markets? Do they have a nationwide? Do they have a travelers? Do they have a MetLife? Do they have any regional accounts? Usually regional are very hard to find in brokers, but you usually can get the bigger accounts. Majority of the time, those are the same companies that you're going to get with these other groups. That's what they're, they're showing you and you're amazed and you don't realize that they're actually giving you all the national carriers, which most of the time are not competitive unless you're in a big city. And when you make up that most of the population is in a big city, but most of the population lives outside of a big city, that doesn't necessarily go for good rates. So I would go to an MGA and I would try to get contracts there. Now, if you're commercial driven, you're probably going to have to find a wholesaler that's going to really have specialty products. And there's a lot more out there than there was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. A lot of the brokers used to be all the same. The brokers now realize that they have got to niche as well. And some of the old fashioned brokers, they're like agents. They, they, they still have that old fashioned business and that old fashioned MGA model, but they do like have one or two specialty groups. I wouldn't look so much at them. I would look at an MGA that's more focused on personal lines. It has good markets, direct markets, direct markets. And then I would focus on a couple other MGAs that, that focus on commercial insurance and specialty. And keep in mind, you'll know which of these are and who you're going to be full, creating a bigger relationship with by understanding who you are. Okay, so then that tells you, once again, if you remember back to part one, when you know who you are, you start to attract that person. When you attract that person, you better have the markets. You don't get the markets and then you go find that person. I mean, that works. But to be honest with you, that's not legitimate because what you're doing is you're choosing the market and then letting the client choose you. Don't do that. Choose the client and then find the markets that serve them. Okay, that, that meant way more efficiency and way more productivity that way. Now, when I go out to those MGAs, you may be thinking to yourself, yeah, but Jason, they pay eight to 10%. Well, most of them pay about 10. And if you tell them and you give them a commitment after working with them for three or four months, they may give you 12. Keep in mind that a lot of MGAs, guys, they don't make commission so much on the product. So you and I get paid 15%, right? And on new business auto, let's just say in personal lines, we get 15% new business auto. Hell, commercial lines too. And they give you 10 or 12% of it. And you're thinking, okay, they're making three or 5%. 
they're really getting like 17 to 20 to 25% on that business. In a really, really soft market, they're getting 20 to 25%. In a hard market, they're getting anywhere between 6 to 20%. So when they give you 10, they're making just as much as you. So for them, for you to come to them, which you can do and say, hey, if I write 30,000 a month, if I write 50,000 a month, if I write 20,000 a month, whatever it is, can I get an override on that? Could I get an extra two or three percent? And they will. So really think about that. You're now at two, you're now at 12 to 13 percent versus when you go to the aggregator, you're going to get, or excuse me, into the groups, the companies, the clusters. I just don't want to beat up on aggregators. Um, they are now going to give you 15 percent. And keep in mind that a lot of them may take a piece of what you write for the month. So let's say that they take 5% or 10% or 15% of your income. Yes, they do. Be sure to check out the contract. But when they do that, let's say that they're taking, just to keep numbers simple, 10% and you're getting paid 15%. Well, if they're taking 10, that means you're getting 13.5. Okay. So here you are, 13.5, really. Now you're going to get contingencies on this, but you're going to find out that these contingencies are, are not that big. Um, well, so you're going to get 13.5 and at the broker, you're going to probably or the MGA, you're going to get 10 to 12 percent. Right. All right. Let's think about this. And, and, and keep in mind also on auto and home, the renewal is usually less. So sometimes we get 15 percent on the new business. Well, now we're only getting 10 or 12 percent. And most of the time, the MGA, because remember, they're getting paid more. They'll keep you at 10 percent for renewal. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. This is a big misconception of what we're understanding here. Let's take this and break it down into simple terms. Let's say you have a million dollar book of business, or let's say in the first year you write a million dollars in premium. I'm using that as an example because it's easy numbers. You write a million dollars in premium. You're with standard carriers, or you've got your own contracts or whatever through an aggregator or a group or a cluster. You're going to get $150,000, 15%. Okay. It's probably less than that because you got to give up. And remember, it just depends on if the new business is actually 12%, maybe new business is 12. It all depends on that. But we're going to go high side and say you're paid $150,000 because 15% is what you're getting. Let's say you do that over three years. Okay. So now you're up to $450,000 in revenue. Okay. That's what you're getting year over year. But think about this. You're getting a hundred, 400, see, sorry, it's 150, it's, 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 uh, yes, 450,000. Sorry, guys, 450,000 in revenue is what you're going to get. If you would have went to the broker, okay, you would have possibly got 300 to 350,000 in revenue. And so you're thinking to yourself, well, that was a good deal over the first three years. I made $100,000 more, but did you? Because you didn't get contingencies. And when you've got 400 and some thousand dollars in revenue, that means you've probably got, I don't know, two or three million in premium. That means if an average contingency is anywhere between four to 8%, keep in mind I'm being very wide here, you can figure what four to 8% is on your book. 
the other groups are not giving you that, I promise. And when they are, they're also splitting it, okay? So keep that in mind. So when what am I saying here? I'm saying that over the course of three years, you're gonna probably net out eighty dollars to $100,000 difference. Divide that by 36. It's gonna bring you an extra about two to $3,000 a month. Now that's pretty huge. I mean, don't get me wrong, especially at the beginning, but what you're gonna find out is, is that what's it like outside of that? Because now you've gotten up to be about three, four years in, and you're starting to realize that you've now, because you forgot to decide who you were at the beginning, you've now tried to started to figure out who you are now, and you're starting to realize that either one, the companies that you've matched up with with your aggregator or group are perfect, and you are just soaring right along. And I've seen those agents, and I've seen them make big, time money for these aggregators and they're making themselves money. Don't get me wrong, but boy, you got to live perfect. You got to be writing what they're asking you to write. You've got to be writing it with their certain markets. Everything has to be in line. And then we got to have mother nature contribute and boy, that check's going to come. But if any of that doesn't, it could be a tough ride. And what is amazing is, is those aggregators, just like those MGAs, those clusters, those groups, just like those MGAs are not getting paid 15% on your business. They're getting paid 16, 17, 18, maybe 20, 21% on a, a amount, a percentage that you could negotiate yourself. You couldn't at the beginning, but let me ask you a question, which is probably going to create more longevity for you? the first three years of your business or the next 27? Because keep in mind that when you go with these clusters, with these groups, with these aggregators, okay? Once again, I'm not making fun or saying bad of any of them. I am on the record. I am speaking to new agents who are getting into this business and don't know. I am speaking to current agents who may be working in another for another agent or maybe an exclusive agent. I'm trying to give you an insight here on this. Now, why does a lot of this matter and why does, let me say, why, where are they good? There are a lot of organizations out there that will tell you that they'll help you with backroom work. They're going to help you with your servicing. They're going to help you like give you uh, more markets rather than just the ones you have. You'll have them over and above. And I'm just going to tell you, it's a nightmare. I haven't talked to anybody who really deals with the person um, who deals with the, uh, the cluster or the person at the cluster or group that is in charge of helping them get those extra markets. And you have to, number one, you have to submit it to the group and then the group has to submit it to the carrier. So you're basically doing the same things you would be doing with an MGA. Okay. Now you are helping the group and you are part of the team and that's great, but I'm just trying to let you know that they're scaring you out here and saying you need these markets when you do, but you probably don't need the markets they have because you can get them on your own. And keep in mind that most of these groups at the beginning, nah, almost all of them have a, uh, something in the contract that usually gives them ownership of the accounts, the agency codes, not all of them, I'm just giving you examples, um, gives you, takes control of your book, um, can't, has the right to take control of your book, has the right to add or remove any contracts from you. Also, upon the time of selling or transferring, they usually have some clause in there that is going to 
essentially make them a partner, right? Kind of like the federal government, right? Federal government, let's say it's 20, 30% taxes is what you pay. You may not look at it that way, but they're 20 to 30% partner of your business. Do you need another one? Do you need somebody else to come in and say, hey, if you, if you sell or you transfer, here's what's going to happen? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know many. I've met them, but I don't know many that are in these groups after five to 10 years who are like, man, this is just the greatest thing in the world. It isn't. So whenever I decided to get out of the aggregator, once again, had nothing to do with them. It was a very, very good relationship. I still like those people to those this day. I still call them for advice. I think that they're, uh, I can't say it enough. I really, really can't. I really, they're kind of like Tom. They're kind of like Mike. I owe them a lot in my life. But as Travis and I discovered that we were going a different way, and you guys are very familiar with who we are, large commercial, very big whales, um, non-for-profits, wholesalers, contractors. Um, as we decided to go a different way, we started to notice that for the last eight years, we had been part of this group. And now for the last two years, we had been outside of that group. Do I think it's better? Yeah, it is. It is for our agencies. I was talking with a agent down the road who was part of this same group too, and he got out about three years ago and he regrets it, right? He does. Uh, and I think it was a good fit for him. I think it's good fit for people. I think aggregators, I think groups are there and I think they're legit. But I think there's things that you need to know and understand that there's other avenues. What about going and joining with an agency? What about going with an agency and saying, hey, listen, I'm going to be starting my own agency and I would like to write off your contracts for 20%. I, I know the fact that this happens a lot. So you go to an agency owner, you say, hey, for 20, 30%, I guarantee I'll write a five-year or an eight-year contract with you, which basically says that I'm not going to remove my book of business. And if I do at that point in time, I get to take it with me, however it can be done. But here's the deal. You're, you're negotiating terms like you were with the others, but now you're negotiating on your terms. You're not going to these, these organizations and they're saying, here's how we do it right? You're not going to these organizations and say, this is the way that it is. You now are turning that around and having control upon yourself, just like you are when you have your MGAs. But also think about other agents, okay? I do know that clusters sometimes work out to be pretty good. Keep in mind with clusters, what's the difference? A lot of times with aggregators and groups, you get access, direct access to your um, agency codes. So you're going to get, you know, uh, a code with Nationwide. And when you call into Nationwide, it's the insurance alliance, right? When you call in, when you get a policy from Nationwide, it says on the broker area or producer, the insurance alliance. That happens a lot. And that's how they get you. They'll tell you, we'll give you your own direct markets and they make it real sexy. And really what is good is, is whenever we decided to leave ours, I mean, it literally, they did exactly what they said. They released the codes. Once we did our part, they did their part. They released the codes and everything went down just fine. That's why I'm still friends with them today. But they did exactly what they said. I got to tell you, not everybody does that. And very few do I hear about that. But that is the point of, of, of what they're doing and how they um, are trying to get it. Now, where I was at was with the cluster. 
Clusters do things a little bit differently. Clusters have all the contracts themselves, okay? So they have all the contracts themselves. And so whenever you will get a policy, it will say that cluster's name is the producer. When you call in, it will be that cluster's name as the producer. And you would be what's sometimes called a sub-producer. Now, those other groups may do sub-producers as well. But if you're a rock star agent, you'll start getting your own direct contracts through them. Now, really think about that. If you're really a rock star agent, they'll give you your own direct contracts after being on your own for six months, a year, year and a half to two years. Why couldn't you do that six months before? Right? It's just the way our industry is. And for all you carriers out there, I blame you. All of the carriers out there, and not, I shouldn't say all, because some of them are good, but I'm talking like two or three, that understand that an independent insurance industry system is getting young because you've left us out with the training. You've left us out with the way that you pay. I've got carriers that pay earned. Do you know what it's like when an insurance agent who's working for me, who's working at commission only, maybe a little bit of salary, but he's working commission only when he writes a $15,000 account? And with more, most companies, they pay up front. So let's just, just say $15,000 comes to the agency and $7,500 goes to them. But when you pay with carriers who are earned because they feel it's better for them, I know that same producer is getting anywhere around four or $500 a month. Now, we know that after a while that adds up. So two, three, four years down the road, it's nice having that um, earned commission coming in but it's terrible at the beginning. We don't think of little things like that. We tell a producer or we tell an insurance agent or we tell an entrepreneur no for markets, but yet if they go through an aggregator, we give them markets. But yet the companies tell me that number one, these groups, these large groups out there are such a thorn in their side. I think we need to realize that there are independents in here. I think we need to start talking to our agencies and our agency owners, if you're a carrier listening, and we need to start saying, what's a plan for you to bring on some producers? How can we change that for the first two, three years that that earned commission just all becomes earned at once? How do we slowly fade that off over two or three years to where it comes back to just how everything is? How do we start paying producers on a weekly basis? Whenever technology is allowed for us to upload payment or a credit card or our checking account, and that is taken out of the client's um, a bank account in 24 to 48 hours and put into the companies about 72 hours or later, why are we not being paid the next day? Why are we late waiting for one month? Maybe it's because of inefficiencies and it's easier just to send a statement, still send the statement, but the money coming into my account should be coming in as soon as you receive it. So if it's truly earned, make it truly earned. If it's not truly earned, then make it not truly earned. That's all that I say. But these are little bitty tools that you can give new agents and they can give new producers and you can give agency owners who are trying to grow their agency with new organic growth, with new producers that he and she need in order to be successful. So I want you to think about that. And as we wrap up here after about 30 minutes, I apologize that I went through that, but I think I laid out really well for you the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of getting markets. Don't fall for what everybody's told you. Now, are there some good groups out there? Yes, this is what I want to end with. How would I find a good group? Someone who's willing to say, hey, we're going to, you got to put skin in the game and we're going to help you out, but you have to put skin in the game. That, that's fine, right? 
where I get upset with some of these clusters and some of these groups is they don't do what they say. They only want your book of business so it increases their master book of business, which then earns more contingencies based on production requirements and production agreements that were settled the year before based on what we're going to do this year and going to drive more money to everybody. But at the end of the day, these people are not helping you other than trying to help you pull your commission. And they're going to find out that that is the greatest carrot you have. How do you just stay at making three? Do you know the average agency out there makes between 300 to 500,000 in revenue? How do you keep that? How do you stay at that level and play 20 hours of golf a week while still maintaining those contracts? Those groups will say, oh, just join us. Just join us. We've got 15 million with them. Your 175,000 in premium that you've had with them for eight years, just join us. Just join us. No, no. Go out on your own. Be profitable. If you're going to be an agency owner and you're going to be an entrepreneur, go out there and do what you're supposed to do. Write good business. Discover who you are. Get the right markets. And on the next one, we're going to talk about prospecting, servicing, and technology. And this is where you will start to see what these groups and you choosing another avenue will start to separate yourself. Not only are you really truly not going to make much more money with them and over the first three to five years, and you're definitely not going to make more money with these groups over the three to five years and after that, so make sure you're forming yourself with good, good groups that are going to help you on servicing. Maybe they do all your servicing. Maybe they just have training for that. Maybe they help you with your prospecting. Maybe they help you build your salespeople and your producers. Maybe they help you understand your technology. Maybe they aggregate their technology needs to where they're sharing the cost of a lot of this technology. Understand that a lot of these groups love to say, hey, if you come with us, your AMS is going to be less or whatever it's going to be. Understand that a lot of those things they're getting kickbacks to, which is great. But why I have a problem with that is personally, there's not one thing on, the, on, inch, on agency intelligence that you're ever going to get from me to where when you buy it, I get paid. There's a lot of people that do that and I'm not against it. But I want to let you know that I couldn't ethically tell you about a product or about a service if I know that I'm pushing you from behind because I'm going to get paid 10, 15, 20, 30, $100 for you buying it. What I do is we do it old school. We're marketing and advertising. Someone wants me to mention my name to the thousand people that are going to listen to this over the next week. Then yeah, pay me money and I'll put you on it. Just like we've always done in advertising. But I get it a lot of times, Jason, we'll cut you in. We'll give you 20% of whatever we sell every time I say it now. I feel that same way about my vendors. I feel that same way about these groups that are trying to take advantage of all the things going on behind the scenes that you don't know. But here's the deal. Being a loyal listener, listening to this podcast, I promise you for 430 of these, I've done nothing but educate you, be nothing but on your side, be nothing but help you try to be different, trying to help change your finances, trying to help change your family. That's what we talk about on Agents Influence. And here, we want to give you real agents. That's me. That's what I've experienced with others in real agencies, the Insurance Alliance, uh, Miles Merwin, Advisor Agency, Agent Services, all these that are out there. That's what I want. I want you to learn from them. I want you to walk in their steps. And I want you to get that advice pure.
I got some really exciting things that are going to be coming up uh, for agency intelligence. Uh, you're going to notice that we're going to be taking on a new host. She's going to be joining me here pretty soon. I'll make the announcement right now. Uh, Caitlin Agar. Now, things can always change. Things can always change. But right now, her and I are going to start to do agency intelligence and have her bring a different perspective. We need a voice like hers. We need um, experience like hers. Came as an exclusive agent where she was writing millions of dollars in business monthly. And she was doing things that were electric, Him, her and her husband, Justin Agar. Uh, you've had heard Caitlin on my podcast. You've heard her on Ryan Hanley's and you also heard her on uh, the mayor insurance town. Um, and what I wanted to do is I reached out to her and I said, you're dynamic, you're electric. You need to be brought on here because we need to hear your voice. Why? She knows what it's like on the other side. She used to be an exclusive. She knows what it's like on this side. She's dominated in both. I like generals and I like warriors that have been to the field, they've battled, and they've seen many arenas. This is Jason Cass with Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Thank you for listening. This has been part two and look forward to part three. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do, because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore, because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.